Good morning, and please join me in our responsive call to worship that you'll find in your bulletins. A new day has dawned, a new church year begins, and a new life is given filled with God's hope, life, and fresh possibilities. God gives us this day and our life so we may thrive as a community of faith and love, helping, healing, forgiving, thrilling, and celebrating the goodness of life and God's gifts in this world. Let us celebrate this day in worship as we gather in the spirit of reverence, community, and joy. God's Spirit surrounds us, empowers us, encourages us, and refreshes us to work and live together according to God's purpose. We call on God this morning to renew and strengthen our spirits so we may live in such a way to celebrate God's Spirit. And so we may say yes to God today and forevermore. Please join with me in prayer. Most loving God, this is a day filled with great expectations and a day filled with your renewing and loving spirit. And so we feel your energy with us, all around us. This is also a day filled with memories and thanksgiving for our summer breaks and our times away. And this is a day when we also look to our week ahead and reflect on and lift up our prayers for those whose lives were lost in 9-11 and our world changed. And so, with all that we bring to this moment, we lift it all to you and give it all to you. And as we do so, may this moment, this day, this week, become one of worship, reverence, savoring, reflection, gratitude, love, and joy. Because this day is filled with your possibilities and your hope for our lives. So as your spiritual family, help us to listen and reflect and pray and become all that you would have us become and to do all that you would have us do. And may we always keep our hearts and our minds open to your love in this day and in this year ahead as we embrace it all with your amazing grace. This we pray together in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father... Good morning, everyone. Good morning. 
and welcome to worship here at Southport Congregational Church. Whoever you are and wherever you are on your faith journey, we are so thrilled to have you here. It is wonderful to be back. It seems like we've been gone for a long time. Um, we've missed all of you. Um, we um, understand that a letter went out this summer, late in June, um, and so hopefully you all received it. You talk with Paul and I about it um, anytime that you'd like to, um, but please know that we, it's a long way off and we are 100% here to enjoy the next almost three years with you, um, so enough said about that. Um, today we have the opportunity to have a picnic together. We have opted to move it inside on uh, a number of reasons, weather, bees, things like that. Um, so <laughs> join us in Fellowship Hall for a hamburger, hot dog, gluten-free buns, vegetarian, we've got it all. You have the problem, we've got the solution here at Southport Congregational. <laughs> Uh, church school will meet with me in the chapel following the children's sermon. Uh, infants through pre-K go to room five, uh, and we have three uh, lovely teenage babysitters down there waiting for your kids. And then, uh, very exciting, our sixth, seventh, and eighth graders are going to go to the youth group with Mrs. White and Mrs. Ogunshui for a whole new uh, way of looking at, at church school and faith education. So um, we're very excited about a great year together. Um, also excited about choirs. They're, the youth and um, uh, children's choirs begin next week, so um, I, I um, coerce some kids already. If you haven't seen me yet and I haven't asked you that question, know it's coming and your only answer is yes. I'd love to. Who doesn't want to spend an extra hour every day with Philip? I mean, and Mrs. And Mrs. Cruz, Miss Marnie, so come on. Um, also, youth group, high school youth group begins next Sunday night at 7 o'clock. We have our confirmation parents meeting coming up. So many things. Read your bulletins, please. Um, it's all in there. Uh, and um, I don't want to take up too much time because we have a very exciting next event to talk to you about. So I'm going to turn the mic over to Paul. Oh, but before I do... There are friendship registers found on the inside and outside aisles of your pews. If you would please take them, sign them, pass them along to your neighbor, and greet one another after the service. Thank you. <laughs> um, welcome our new seminarian, Dave Stewart. So I want to invite Dave to come forward. We have been, we've been very blessed in the past several years to have um, uh, Allie Karlovic Kircher with us for three years, to have um, Julianne with us, um, who, by the way, has just accepted and started her new position a couple days ago out in California, um, position of her dream. So we wish her, we wish her the best. Um, and, and now we get to welcome Dave Stewart. Now, with Allie, with Julianne, we had never met 
either of them before. With Dave, we've known him and his family very, very well for the last 17 years. Dave has been a deacon, chairperson of the deacons, trustees. Um, he has been on stewardship, he, and most recently, he's been our moderator. So we've known him in these roles, but now he's stepping into a very, very different role. He's completed his first year already um, at Yale Divinity School, and he is currently in his second year, and we couldn't be more thrilled to have not only gone through this process with him of discernment, of, um, of, of moving from lawyer and partner in a law firm to, gee, I want to do something different and more and be more engaged with my faith to, oh my gosh, I think I want to uh, go to seminary to, oh my gosh, I think God is calling me to be ordained. Um, and uh, it's been a beautiful, beautiful transition. Um, I just have the greatest respect for him as, as a human being. And now we, we get to before our eyes and as a loving congregation get to invite you into your new role. And so, let me invite you to take off your suit coat. That's right. And that's as far as we're going to go. And Dave, thank you. With God's blessing. Yes. The first test is with trembling hands, can you, with trembling hands and feeling the spirit, can you zip that up? Yes. Paul, Paul's been telling me for the last six months, you've got to get a robe. And I've been like, nah, I don't know. I'm not so comfortable taking off the jacket. But I do want to thank two awesome spiritual mentors. And I very much look forward to traveling this journey with all of you together. Awesome. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. And God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. And now I believe it is time to invite our children to come on down. So please join me. You're not too old if you're um, anywhere from infant to 12th grade, just so you know. If you think you're too old, you're not. Charlie. I saw the family debate going on, so you know. <laughs> it's too bad when the minister knows you so well and by name, isn't it, Charlie? Like, I'll get you. All right, so, hello. Um, good morning. It's been a long time since we've last seen each other. I believe the last time I saw you, you were all in costumes for Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Remember that? That was fun. Um, so, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit um, about what church school is going to be like and what this year is going to be like. And first, let me ask you, who had a good summer? Who had a fun summer? Who had an amazing summer? No? You had a horrible summer? Who had the best summer ever? Who had an okay summer? 
Oh man, I'm not going lower than that, Audrey. I'm not going lower than just okay. Um, this year, we're going to have an awesome year in church school. I have a lot of really fun things and ideas to play with you, laugh with you, learn with you, sing with you, teach you, have you teach me, right? Um, and so today's children's sermon, how many of you listen to Taylor Swift? Anyone? All right. How many of you heard of Taylor Swift? How many of you have heard about Taylor Swift's Easter eggs? What, do you know what it is? Can you explain it, kind of? Can you explain it a little, Amelia? So Taylor Swift thinks three to five years out about how she can put hidden clues for albums that are going to be released three to five years in the future. And she comes up with all these, that she calls them Easter eggs, all these little nuggets of like clues for people and people who really follow Taylor Swift like search and listen to everything that she says and everything that she writes and they look for these Easter eggs, okay? There are some Easter eggs in my children's sermon today. That's all I'm saying. Just like Taylor Swift. Yep. Going with that. So, this year is going to be a grand adventure. That's my, that's my theme for this year. It's going to be a grand adventure. It's going to be like a treasure hunt. Each time we come to church, we're going to uncover new things about God's love, all the amazing things God wants us to do, all about the amazing things that God has given us, all the skills and talents that God has given us to do. And there's a really great letter from St. Paul in the Bible, and he talks about all of us being the body of Christ, which sounds a little weird, but basically what he's saying is the church is the body of Christ. And each of us are a part of it. And each one of us is equally as special as the other one of us. And he uses the body as an example. So he says, what, is the eye more important than the mouth? What do you think? Yes. <laughs> Only for a very short time. Because you don't have that mouth, that eye's not going to work for very long. Is the hand any more important than the foot? St. Paul, St. Paul, we're going to talk about this. The answer in Paul, St. Paul's letter, and in God's eyes, and in Jesus, no, it's not. The mouth is as important as the eye, and the hand is as important as the foot, because without the hand, where would the feet be? And without the eye, where would the mouth be? Without the nose, where would the mouth be? Well, you know, you get it. And so the same thing goes, without Southport Congregational Church with Lilia, where would the church be? Without Audrey, where would the church be? Without Charlie, where would children's sermons be? You know? It goes along with that. So we each are special in our own unique way. We each have gifts that we need to bring to this church to make this church go. And none of us is more important than the other one. Each one is equally important. All right? So this, this year... I want to welcome you back with hugs and smiles, and let's remember that we're all here to have a great time together, laughing and learning, and it's going to be like a sweet year, like as sweet as, I don't know, what's the sweetest thing? I don't know, cotton candy. Yeah, sweeter than candy, cotton candy. It's the sweetest I can think of. All right, so let's say a prayer together. Dear God, we thank you for this church of which I am an important part. Help me to use my gifts 
that you have given to me to be more loving, to be more kind, to be more forgiving, and to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go to church school, shall we? As we enter a time together of quiet prayer, meditation, and reflection, we ask you to keep in your thoughtful contemplation and lift up in your prayers Barbara Abbott, who fell this last week and broke her wrist. Prayers for her quick healing. For Neil Rice, who is now at home with Carol and in hospice care and for Mark Foster, who is also in hospice care. For Bud Santa, John's brother, who has also entered hospice care. And for Stephanie Whitaker and her family following the death of Stephanie's brother, Brett. 
and for the thousands of our brothers and sisters in Morocco who have died or been injured in the massive earthquake that hit about 50 miles from Marrakesh. And for many, many others in our church and in our community who are suffering from illness or injuries, battling addiction and mental health issues, or otherwise just struggling with life's challenges. We also ask for your prayers of thanksgiving and joy and celebration for the many blessings and gifts that we have, including for the good health and happiness of Stephanie Whitaker Haas and her family and her baby who is due this coming Tuesday. With these prayers and the prayers in your own hearts and minds, let us take a moment to be present with God. All-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, and ever-present God. You are in everything, with everything, through everything, and around everything. You are in every person, creature, and plant, always and everywhere. We can't confine you to words or thoughts, but we can experience your magnitude. We can live with you, simply in your presence. You invite us in. And so, let us recognize your presence in the awe of the ever-expanding universe and the infinitesimally small subatomic world. Let us know your presence in the beauty of the natural world and all life form around us. Let us experience your presence in our creative world of art and music, poetry and literature. Let us see your presence in our deep human connectedness with one another through love. Not only those in our families and our communities and our church, but all human beings of all ages, colors, faiths, and geographies. We pray for all our brothers and sisters in humanity, including those society tells us we have no use for, those who are addicted, those who are homeless and jobless, those who are in prison, and those who are terminally ill. As Jesus taught us, we pray for love for our enemies and those who are hostile to and threaten us. We know this isn't easy to do, but a life of purpose with your grace requires us to work every day 
to overcome our human instincts, to get outside of our own world, our motive for self-preservation, to experience more than the self, so that we might be drawn into relationship with you, Holy One. It is there that we are truly living in the breadth and depth of your love and comfort and peace. We can't do this on our own. We can only do it with you. And so we ask for the patience, the insight, and the wisdom to discern what is true, what is everlasting, what is nourishing to the body, mind, and soul. And then we ask for the discipline and the stamina and the perseverance to pursue it with your grace. In your name and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
gift of music. Thank you, Philip. That was awesome. Thank you. And now, as we enter our time of offering, I ask that you view your resources as gifts from God, not to be kept to yourselves, but to be generously shared so that they may be received and shared again with others in God's creation.
please join with me now in the unison prayer of dedication. O God, you fill us with your love when we feel most alone. You encourage us when we falter. You guide us when we're lost. And you bless us when life seems meager. May you bless us now as we offer ourselves and our gifts so that others may also know the fullness of your grace. Amen. It is great to be back. It is. It's great to see you. It's great to be with you. It's great to feel your energy and be a part of you. And I think that that is true for all of us, really, um, since we are the body of Christ. And as far as that goes, I just want to thank you too for, for the flowers for this Sunday and, and celebrating everyone being back together. That's beautiful. Thanks, God. We hear you. We're with you. This is the good stuff. And, uh, and I love good stuff. And thinking about that, we have our three very short scripture passages. That's going to be our focus today. You're going to find them in your bulletins. And let's just read these one right after the other. And if you join with me, we'll start with the one from Proverbs. That says, As a person thinks, so they are. And then, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things and... Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind to reflect the will of God as to what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And with this scripture and with our spirits together, may God bless our understanding and our living of this abundant life. Amen. Well, in addition to loving being back together, I just want to say, I love summer. (laughs) I love summer, and I love you very much. And I love being back together. And last summer, Laura and I had uh, some wonderful time off, and uh, that gave me some good time to reflect. And... I actually spent a lot of time thinking about you and um, thinking that we have an incredible church here. We have beautiful relationships that get fashioned here. Relationships that, that exist and thrive far outside of these church doors. I think about the incredible help and outreach that we have the privilege of, of sharing here and that we do so with people in need. And then, of course, naturally along those lines, I was also thinking about mixing boards. 
<laughs> you know those massive, you know those massive mixing boards um, that that they have in in recording studios. These massive, they loaded with dials and switches and sliders and all this kind of stuff, and they have them in concert halls and everything. Loads of things to tweak and to adjust. And before I go on, I know what some of you are thinking right now. Some of you are thinking that over the summer, this guy is cracked. <laughs> but hear me out. Hear me out. Because over these last few weeks, I started thinking about how our lives are a lot like these mixing boards. With all sorts of variables that we have to, to tweak and adjust and, and raise and lower. Like our scripture points out, we get to control the input the volume, the mix, and the output that creates this total experience that we call reality. It's all at our fingertips. And in terms of outreach, this is also what we get to offer others as well. We get to help others with their mix, and we get to contribute to, to their mix, to give them a, a, a more healthy blend in their lives. As our scripture says, as a person thinks, so they are. And then it also says, therefore, be careful what you think about, think about these things. If you want a great experience, if you want a loving, a happy, a meaningful experience. And that, I think, is like having a magic wand. Where we get to think of the ideal, heaven on earth, God's ultimate will, knowing that that's always good and loving and creative, then we get to take that and with our intention, with our, with our action, we get to take this ideal and we get to, to raise the level of, of some things over here to help get us closer. We get to lower the input of some other things that are taking us away. And then we also have the power and the ability to simply unplug or mute some things that need to be turned off. So our scripture says, what we think creates our experience of life. As a person thinks, so they are. That is huge. That's huge. That's everything. And because it's so big, it then shares very particularly what to think about to make that good happen for you and for everyone around you. You have the power. This is saying you have the power at your fingertips even to turn a hell realm into something that is uplifting and good. And as we also know, we also have the power to take the good and to turn that into a hell realm. 
Everything can be going fine, you know, you've, you've been in a room or you've been in an environment and then, you know, somebody says some critical word or, or does something stupid, takes some kind of thoughtless action and it just kills everything around it. Just brings everybody down and boom, somebody's day is ruined. Or the reverse. And this can occur and it does occur. It occurs throughout our lives, not just our spiritual, not just our mental. It occurs with our physical health. As we know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this next week. And what we do to ourselves and others occurs with our mental health. What we do to ourselves and others with our words and our actions and our thoughts. What we do to our environment. And what we do with our spiritual health. We can turn a hell realm into something good. And we can turn the good into a hell realm. Depending on what you dial up or what you dial down. And of course, we know that well. We all lived through that 22 years ago tomorrow, September 11th, when in an instant, a switch was flipped and the reality of the world was changed one way. And then there's something that happened exactly one year ago on September 6th that changed things in a different way. There is a young man who I know very well, who on that day, September 6th, one year ago, was driving home from Newark Airport. And it was about 7 a.m., and the traffic was, was heavy. And you know, in that heavy, heavy commuter traffic, you know, you can feel the tension. You can feel people getting edgy, right? People get testy, and sometimes, you know, things can just snap. And this guy I know got distracted for a second while driving in this traffic on the George Washington Bridge, and he rear-ended the guy in front of him. It was a Toyota, older model. And it just, it just crunched the whole back end in. So, you know, they stop. They get out for a moment. What do people do? They start blowing their horns, like that helps anything, right? And so, you know, they, they quickly decide, you know, let's just drive to the end of the bridge somewhere. We're going to pull off. We'll do what we have to do. So I'm thinking about this and like talk about an instant bad day, right, for, from, for everybody. I mean, there's a bad day, obviously, for my friend. There's a bad day for all the people in the traffic jam, you know, that created. And then there's, there's this guy who got hit, right? I mean, here he is. He's just, he's just living his life. He's driving to work. He's minding his own business. And boom, out of nowhere, no fault of his own, now he's got a wrecked car and he's late for work and he's going to have to be dealing with this, with this mess, you know, for months, right? And you always get shortchanged in the deal. So what happens? Here's how life can turn on a dime. They get to the other side of the bridge, and this guy who gets hit, he gets out of his car, goes around, looks at the completely crunched rear end of his car, approaches the guy who I know, and you know what's coming next. 
This guy I know says, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. He goes, but it's, it's my fault. Well, you never say that, right? <laughs> right? You never say that. You never apologize. You never admit guilt. You never take responsibility. You know, you're never supposed to treat somebody else like a, a human being, for God's sake. But he does. Well, this guy who just got hit walks up and he says, I'm so sorry too. Okay? Right? <laughs> the earth should ish. Turns out that this guy who got hit is a rabbi. And he's a professor of Jewish religion at Yeshiva at his car. He says, hey, come to class. Come to my class, like now, right? And gets introduced to this guy's class and to a whole bunch of rabbis. Percent of the time, right? In high-stress situations like this, you know exactly what's going to person who also happens to be a person. Now, after this encounter, as it turns out, you may know with an older car, you never get what the car is worth to you, and not to mention the hassle and everything else. So go fast forward now to just a few days ago, one year later, September 6, 2023. My friend's phone rings. It's a number that he doesn't recognize, but he answers it. And the guy at the other end says, Happy anniversary! <laughs> and he goes, do you know who I am? Now, completely out of context, my, my friend goes, no. And the guy says, the car accident? A year ago? It was a year ago today, he says. Now he's thinking, oh my God, this guy has my phone number. So the guy says, you know, I just wanted to call because I was thinking about you, and you know my rabbi friends still talk about you, and I wish you well. Right? Extraordinarily remarkable. We do not have control over some of the things that happen to us. But we have extraordinary control over how we respond to ourselves and how we respond to others. So you know what? Talk about magic wands. This guy was a reality shifter. He turned the dial and he created grace out of garbage. We have that power. And that is our faith. And by the way, when I say that we have our faith, it's not lost on me either that this guy was a rabbi of the Jewish faith. Because our faith is not limited to the Jewish faith or the Christian faith alone. But it is counter to the world. 
to a lot of the world. Because our collective faith, for as remarkable as what this guy did, says, you know what? Do that 100% of the time, and what a difference in the world we could make together. And that's what it's about. And, you know, as we're ready to close along these lines, although this message gets hidden from the view of the world and our culture, we don't hear this kind of a thing happening. This isn't front page news. This isn't the part of the news alerts that we get on our, on our phone or on our watches or anything. You know, news alert, fresh, you know, somebody did a good thing. It gets buried, hidden. But our faith takes what gets hidden from view and says, you know what, look here, remember this, listen to me, think of these things that get hidden from view. And so in that vein, as a reminder of what gets hidden sometimes but brought to light through our faith, I would say, you know, if you, for example, were to look under your pew cushions and just kind of run your hand under the pew cushion and just kind of feel along, you might find something that has been hidden from your view that you didn't know was there. But because I'm telling you, you do know it's there. So go ahead, take your hands and, and see what's under your pew cushion. Or if you're in the choir here, they're, they're, sorry, they're up here under the, behind. Or if you're in the balcony, they're behind your hymnals. And you might find something that if you weren't told, you wouldn't know. And there, you might see some nuggets. These are our scripture passages. There's a couple of quotes there, some from Einstein. There's a, a beautiful quote and a thought from Elizabeth Gilbert there. And um, there's a beautiful photograph. You know, Think about that in relation to the Einstein quotes and perspective. What is it? Is it a bunch of dust or is it something else? And then there's a, a poem on the other side of the page. And it's called Reality. And the poet who wrote this is offering a different perspective other than what we are talking about. And this young poet's name is, it's pronounced Connie, Connie Gorkin. And she wrote this. Today was the absolute worst day ever. And don't try to convince me that there's something good in every day because when you take a closer look, this world is a pretty evil place. Even if some goodness does shine through once in a while, satisfaction and happiness don't last. And it's not true that it's all in the mind and heart because true happiness can be attained only if one's surroundings are good. It's not true that good exists. I'm sure you can agree that the reality creates my attitude. It's all beyond my control. And you'll never in a million years hear me say, today was a very good day. Thanks for bringing me down. This is what some people call 
reality. And yet, what this poet wants to show us is that when you change your perspective, you can be looking at the exact same thing, but if you look at it in a different way, that difference can be life-changing. And while life often looks down, faith looks up. And so, as we close with this poem, we're going to look up. And we're going to read the same poem, same words, but we're going to start with the bottom line, and we're going to read up together and see what we find. Okay? Let's read this together. Today was a very good day, and you'll never in a million years hear me say, it's all beyond my control. My attitude creates the reality. I'm sure you can agree that it's not true that good exists only if one's surroundings are good. True happiness can be attained because it's all in the mind and heart. And it's not true that satisfaction and happiness don't last. Some goodness does shine through once in a while, even if this world is a pretty evil place. Because when you take a closer look, there's something good in every day. And don't try to convince me that today was the absolute worst day ever. As a person thinks, so they are. You have the control. And with that control, and with God, it's going to be a great year. Amen.
in addition to, uh, uh, to how wonderful it is with being with you, it's just so wonderful with being with the choir. And I tell you, there's nothing better than singing joyful, joyful, we adore thee with the choir right behind you, <laughs> full blast. Um, and I think I've said this before, but you know, it's, it's like that old Maxell uh, tape uh, commercial, you know, the, the, of the guy sitting in front of the speaker <laughs> with a hair blown. My hair was blowing back, you know. Like, um, and I just want to share that, that uh, tomorrow, by, or next week, there is going to be part two of what we're talking about. There's more to come. So as we go from this place, we are thoroughly loved by God. We are thoroughly infused by God's spirit of welcome and blessing and healing and comfort, and courage. May we go from this place today, whether it's sun shining, whether it's raining, may we go to those things in our lives that are easy and pleasurable, and may we go to the challenges, taking God with us every step, experiencing that love, experiencing that strength, and sharing God's light and God's love and God's gifts with all we meet as we change those around us, as we are changed ourselves. May we go with God's spirit now and forevermore in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.